Now, yesterday and today, our theater's been jammed with newspapermen and hundreds of photographers from all over the nation, and these veterans agree with me that the city never has witnessed the excitement stirred by these youngsters from Liverpool who call themselves the Beatles. Now, tonight, you're going to twice be entertained by them. Right now, and again in the second half of our show. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron and Anian. Help, I need somebody. Help, not just anybody. Help, you know I need someone. Phone called, you know, do you charge to look at cars? And the wise guy in me wanted to say, well, no, I look at cars on the ride home and I look at cars on the way into work for free. The car doctor. The check engine lights on and flashing. Well, yeah, you need a diagnosis. Click. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's an amazing act. Here's a tremendous act. Here's a startling act. The amazing, the thrilling, the greatest, spectacular, incredible, exciting, wonderful, world fame, most unusual novelty act. Here's Ronnie. You know, I hate Valentine's Day. Every year he does this to me. Tony, it's so good to have you back. And as long as it is Valentine's Day, I love you, brother. You love you, um, too. Yeah, it's it's just, you know, he was out of control last week. Hello and welcome, Ron Anini and the Car Doctor and company here today at uh, 855-560-9900. You feeling better today, Tony? Very much. Thank you very much. You know, your um, your, your audience is, has been asking for you. They're, uh, you know, how's Tony? And, a scan tool, scan man. Scan tool, back. yeah. Can we get scan a, tool. Can we, can we get a scan tool from you? No? Yeah, maybe. Yeah, one more. Do it one more time. Scan tool. Yeah, I tell you, he's still got it. You know, it's uh, hurt his back last week, and um, Tom was making rude comments about you, but I Trust said, me, I have the text messages. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> Friends uh, like him, I don't need enemies, okay? Right, yeah, exactly. So, um uh, I do have some good news though for you. I'm just What's gonna that? I'm just gonna tempt you with this just a little bit. I can't say this is really gonna happen. We talked to the affiliate guy this week, and there's a couple of local radio stations down around the Philadelphia area that are interested in us. So we may be on live in Philly. So I'm thinking that's probably gonna happen right around training camp time. In August. In August. When the Giants and the Eagles go to training camp. So I figure we're going to turn this into a sports show by late Yes, we're going to have fun. Yeah, so we'll have with fun. The, with the people down in the city of brotherly love. Yeah, the city of brotherly love. And that was a good Super Bowl. We yes, it give, was. We, I enjoyed it. we got to give hats off to them. And, yes, uh, um, the Patriots lost. The Patriots lost. That's what counts. Yes. Um, you know, and I guess that's what makes everybody happy. I, I had no stake in it. I, you know, um, I was really rooting for the Jets, but they weren't even close in this year's Super Bowl. So, um, you know, I got nothing to say. I had a wild week. I, like, holy cow, you know, we, we you, you think about the weeks you have and how do you get there. It started out, the week was sort of like Friday. Friday was sort of depicted, uh, depicted the week. Um, everything was just one roller coaster after another this week. The Suburban, the trans in the Suburban died. And I realized that's like, okay, big deal, uh, you know, a, a Suburban loss of transit. My 2004 Suburban, 56,000 miles and change, you know, trans fluid changed on a regular basis, just been, been sort of suffering with a torque converter shutter issue for the past eight, nine months, just trying to nurse it along to see what could I get away with. And it finally got to the point where I pulled the pan down and found some metal filings on top of the filter and i said you know what we're done let's put a trans in it so it's exciting to see how difficult it is to find proper parts 
for gee, it's only uh, let's see, fourteen. It's only fourteen years old. Uh, I can't understand why they don't make parts for this anymore. It's it's why is it so difficult? And they do, but they don't. So I'm kind of going through that. So we're going to comment about that this hour, and then I have to tell you about. And I thought about each and every one of you while this was happening, all right? You know, I, I think about the audience. I think about the show while I'm trying to fix cars and, and, and go through the routine. I had a 2012 Dodge Durango that came in yesterday, Friday. And Friday was as, as nutty as the whole week was. It, it started out with Friday morning, there was a vehicle that had returned. We had done a water pump on it the day before, and I found it back at the shop on Friday morning. And I said, gee, what happened? This was a water pump. Uh, this is pretty cut and dry. This is pretty simple and easy to do. And sure enough, um, you know, it was. We, and we test drove it, and Danny drove it, and I drove it. And we, you know, we were, we were good to go. And we ended up uh, getting it back Friday morning. And I looked at it, and I, they filled out a little envelope. And they said, yeah, the check engine light popped on, and it wasn't running right. So we said, okay, let's take a look at this. This is a new vehicle to us, uh, a 2012 Jeep Liberty that uh, had about 90,000 miles on it and ended up going through it was reporting a misfire on cylinder three well you know i was looking for the connection of how do we get a misfire because right away you think it's something you did and you, you start going back and you start looking at let's how do we get a misfire out of a water pump like where's the where's the connection there and you know you go through the routine and i pulled number three coil out and the only thing i noticed was there was no dielectric grease on the rubber boot dielectric grease is a sealing compound that we place on the inside of spark plug boots coil boots things like that to help seal and keep moisture out and there was none there so i said gee what if it's something as simple as that an older vehicle older plugs anyway higher resistance in the circuit type of thing um let's put some dielectric grease in it you know what put dielectric grease in it the car's fixed and it you know we Drove it more than a few times throughout the day and sent it down the road. But it kind of got the morning off yesterday, Friday, to a, like, gee, where's today going to go? Right after I got the Jeep sorted out, this big burly gentleman walked in, and I could tell right away he was from the state of New Jersey Division of Motor Vehicle, and he wanted to talk to the motor vehicle inspector, which is me, about a vehicle that had been inspected that was actually the audit vehicle, the Sting vehicle that had come through. And he wanted to know why I didn't flag it for failure to uh, reject it for high beams. And I, I remember the vehicle. I told him, yeah, it was the uh, silver Dodge that came through with, and I described the vehicle. And he said, yep, that's the one. I said, sure. I said, and had this wrong, this wrong, this wrong. I said, the high beams worked. And he looked at me and I said, and it also had an exhaust leak, which you guys weren't aware of when you brought it in. And he looked at me and he said, yeah, you're right. Um, so we talked for about a half hour, and we exchanged our thoughts about the New Jersey Motor Vehicle Inspection Program. It was refreshing to see someone that, you know, kind of thought the way you did. Um, and in the end, he said, uh, just, you know, just, just watch it. He goes, I understand. He says, um, if you say they work, they worked. And I said, they worked. I said, I checked them. I know you check them on safety on a commercial inspection on a motor vehicle. And um, we were good to go. Those two incidences, when the day, you know, you expect the day to go one way, kind of prepared me for what, well, I don't know if anything would have prepared me for what happened next. The first vehicle of my morning, and I was starting my morning now at 11 o'clock because I was a little behind with everything else that was going on, um, was this 2012 Dodge Durango that was towed in for it died on the road. It, it lost the charging system. The uh, charging system output wasn't correct. And I was able to start it. I drove it in. I parked it in Bay 3. And 
you know, I left it running. I hooked up a scan tool, and I'm I'm looking, and it, I looked at field control, and it was charging at 100%. I said, wow, I said, this, this really is, PCM is trying to work, uh, but the alternator had zero output. And this is the part, well, this isn't quite the part. So I, I turned around. Now, you understand, the car's, I'm, I've got my back to the car. It's running, and I'm over in the corner, like, five steps away. And I'm on the computer, and I'm doing some research, because what I always tell you, it takes you 30 to 45 minutes to research anything. You know, what's going to make a 2012 Durango not charge? And I'm looking through bulletins, and I come across a couple of things, and there's a there's a notice here from Chrysler. There's a recall for alternators not charging. And I went, oh, this looks interesting. Let's go read this. And... <laughs> You know those Abbott and Costello movies where they're in the haunted house and, and, and Costello's sitting there and he's kind of tiptoeing around and, you know, the audience sees Frankenstein and everybody's going, look, look, there's Frankenstein and, 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 and you know, you want Costello to turn around and, and, and he's just kind of, and that's me and I'm just Costelloing it up and I'm just, you know, and I'm going, gee, somebody's having a barbecue at 11 o'clock. Wow. That's kind of, and I'm reading the notice from Chrysler, and the, the notice from Chrysler is talking about how the alternator is defective due to a problem with the diode cluster that the owner of the vehicle can get an alternator Chrysler free. And I go, gee, whatever they're cooking sure does smell good because it's, you know, like, wow, there's smoke. And I'm, it, you know, it kind of doesn't dawn on me that there's smoke inside a building that's, the doors are sort of semi closed. We've got the exhaust hose running outside. I'm going, and then it kind of, you know, all of a sudden Costello woke up and he said, wait a minute. The monster's right behind me because I'm going to myself, how is there smoke inside the building? And I turned around, and this is where I thought of each and every one of you. You guys are saying, will self-driving cars be able to diagnose themselves? And I'm thinking to myself, honest to God, this is the first thought I had. I said, they've got to be able to because here's a non-self-driving car, and it's telling me the alternator's bad because right at the moment I see the flame or the smoke coming out of the alternator, I read the part in the recall notice that says, and the alternator's going to catch fire. And I went, holy cow. Turned the car off, started yelling for Danny. Danny, we, you know, buckets of water. We're trying to, because we don't want a fire extinguisher it, because that just makes a bloody mess out of everything. Fire extinguisher powder. We had to open the doors and not evacuate the building. But hey, at least I knew what part to change, right? It was diagnosis was over at that point. I guess we got to change the alternator. The, uh, the, I let the smoke out. It, um, yes, Mr. Ray. So what you're know, saying is next time I bring my car in for service, I need to bring my own barbecue sauce. Yeah, it would be, uh, that would be nice. It just, uh, I'll tell you what, it was, you know, you, you just go from, you don't know where the monster is to holy cow, you want to scream, hey, I bet, you know, it's like, uh, holy cow. Um, and I told the customer and he said, yeah, well, I thought I smelled something, but he goes, when I pulled over it, wasn't smoking on me. Well, trust me, brother, it's smoking now because this thing needs an alternator. So the perils and dangers of working in an auto repair shop when you least expect it. So, um, you know, Chrysler recall number T36 for 2012 Dodge Durango's. I won't forget that one anytime soon. Uh, you know, but we're going to put a 600 and uh, that was the other thing, right? I called the customer up. I love my customers. They're, they're great. You guys crack me up for any of you that are podcasting and listening, right? You know, so I explained it all to John. You know what John said? I don't want to take it to the dealer. I trust you. I'll put an alternator on it. I'll pay you. I'll get my money back from Chrysler. All right. Um, I get it. You know, he says, if I want to take it to Chrysler, they're going to sell me everything else before they get to the alternator. All right. I get it. I just let you know that your car caught, well, almost caught fire. But, um, you know, I said, by the way, I said, if you come by in about an hour, we're going to need dessert. So um, 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor and Company. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Not really. 
Welcome back. Ron and Andy in the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900. More information at cardoctorshow.com. Tony, you had a you had a question or a comment about my, my opening? Uh, so tell the truth. You and Danny really didn't say holy cow, did you? When we saw the smoke and the fire? Yes. Well, let's just say we made a President Trump-like expression. Gotcha. All right. Um, and it was, it was sort of like that. You are correct. It was just, but that's something I can't say on family radio. This is a family radio, G-rated show. I but, got it. But I'll tell you what, you are... You are in a moment of panic. Um, it's it's a controlled it's controlled chaos is what it is because you realize this thing's smoking and it's going to go up and you're going holy smokes! I've got a car with gasoline parked in the middle of my building, and the smoke is intensifying. It's just it's just starting to more and more and more, and you're just and you've got to think to yourself how fortunate the customer is. That it wasn't parked in his house. All right. What if he had, you know, what if, and how many people, I wonder how many houses have burned down as a result of this. And it's not funny, right? You bring your car into the in, in home, you're, and, you know, you, you ever notice like your car smells hot? Now you really got to start to think about it. The car smells hot. Do you want to park a hot, a hot car in the, in the garage? And, you know, do you want to park it outside, let it cool off, and then bring it in? Yeah, it's, and, I blame a lot of this on technology. Um, you know, I you know, it's I can't say it's all manufacturing. It's a hundred and sixty amp alternator, a hundred and sixty amps. My God, my first Chevy was thirty two amps, and it, it did everything that this new car does with the same componentry. It, it it didn't have air conditioning, but it it started, it stopped, it got me back and forth to work, it kept me dry, it kept me warm. Uh, you know, and I could drive the car at night. I don't know what else we need. 160 amp alternator. That's just, almost 2,000 watts. That's that's about almost twice as much as a typical space heater for a house. It's a lot. Um, yeah. How many watts? Almost 2,000 watts. Vote. Um, vote. Vote. Watts. I'll think Pulse, about that. Pulse times amps equals watts. Yeah. Right. Watts. Watts votes. <laughs> Uh, I'll think about that. We'll come back to that. Having a Costello on my mind today, I'm not sure why. Also, my mind is also on my mind is Bruce from Morgan Hill, California. Bruce, you're on with the car doctor, sir. Thank you for your patience. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Thanks for taking my call. I really like your show. Thank you. And and appreciate it. Um, hey, uh, on the on the O five Tahoe here, uh, I'm getting ready to do a overdue coolant change. Okay. And uh, I'm lucky enough to have the service manual in front of me here. And, and it looks like nothing to it. An average guy can do this at home. So it looks like the, the draining, I, no problem. You take off the lower hose. And then the filling part, uh, you know, you put the hose back on, lower the car. And uh, one of the things it says here, step six, is open the cooling system bleeder screws. Okay. Bleeder screws. Yep. And you know, I can I can picture like the bleeder screws on the on the on the brakes, right? But I, I've never seen one, and I can't find one on on top of the motor here. It, this this is a this is a Tahoe. Yeah, yeah, it's a four eight. Um, yeah, this yeah, is eight a, cylinder. This is an eight cylinder Tahoe. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's probably like your Suburban, maybe. Okay. Yeah, eight cylinder. I don't think I've ever seen a bleeder on my Suburban if it's the same, <laughs> if it's the same generation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I would kind of disagree with that. I'll, I'll tell you what would probably help you a great deal 
in in doing this is um you know do you have a cooling system funnel and by that i mean you have a you have a plastic mm -hmm. reservoir does your radiator how does your radiator yeah. work do you have a do you have a black plastic oh. cap on it uh yeah yeah the 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 reservoir tank has a black cap on it okay and there's nothing on the radiator itself or is there a small cap on the radiator oh. Uh, it, it's, uh, it, it, it's a screw on cap. Um, uh, I don't know how to describe it. It's not a lever vent. It's, it's over on the passenger side there on the expansion tank. Okay. So, so what you want to do is you want to, on the expansion tank itself is a radiator cap is what you're saying. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's what I, that's the way I recall it, uh, which is the way that generation GM product was. And a lot, a lot more since. So, you know, do you do you have an O'Reilly Auto Parts nearby? Oh yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah, right so here in town. Get, get over to your local O'Reilly Auto Parts. Tell them what you, tell them what you want is you want the yellow cooling system funnel. I'm going to make you buy some tools, but we like buying tools. That's yeah. part of why I think we work on yeah. cars. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you buy a yellow cooling system funnel kit, and it'll have all these adapters and connectors and 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 devices. The basic idea is that, and you may need to buy a screw-on adapter so that you can screw something onto the coolant bottle. All right, and then put the funnel onto that adapter. And what I want you to do is I want you to fill the cooling system whenever you you know whenever you get around if you drain when you get around to filling using the funnel, all right. And okay. you want to leave a little bit of space, about halfway in the bottle usually works out about right, and let the vehicle run, okay. And mm -hmm. you're going to basically allow the vehicle to run. That funnel is going to give you additional surge, all right, so that so that the air can rise, the coolant mm -hmm. can rise, and the bubble can come out and then drop. All right, and you're going to allow okay. that process to repeat. It'll probably take you anywhere from 20 to 30 minutes to burp the air out of this. If if hmm. we if we were at the shop, what I would be using is an airlift tool. An airlift tool actually has a, a rubber cone-like device that squeezes down on the squeezes down on the coolant bottle and allows me to extract air. So I'll tell you what, Bruce, sit tight. Let me pull over and take this pause. When I come back, we'll finish this. I'm remaining the car doctor. Don't go away. That's right. If you call and we're not live, you can leave a message and we'll call you back to get you on the air with Ron. 855-560-9900. Speaking of Ron, here he is. Hey, uh, Bruce, are you still there, sir? Yes, I am, sir. Thank so, you. So the idea here is that you want this coolant funnel, and you want it to be sealed. You don't want to just take a funnel and stick it in the bottle because the idea is the, the coolant level is likely going to rise up over the top of the neck of the existing bottle and the coolant funnel when you see it you'll understand it's the funnel probably stands oh you know six seven inches high so it, it gives you a a, a an, air, an air point for it to burp up out of all right okay all right uh, that, that explains it yeah right. it wasn't clear why you needed that seal there right okay. that's that's the idea uh, if we were in the shop, like I was saying, I would be using an airlift tool. An airlift tool, basically, it's a rubber cone. It goes in the bottle. We then extract and suck the system in. We pull as much air out of it as possible, and then we use that vacuum that we've created. You know, and we li I like doing this, on, especially on water pump repairs. Plus, it's a very efficient and fast way to do it uh, because we will also see how long the system holds vacuum, and at least we know everything's 
integral and, and, and connected and, and, and sealed, and then we'll fill it with coolant by just dropping a hose in a coolant bottle and allowing it to draw itself yeah. in on its own. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very yeah. efficient method, but it's an expensive tool for a one-time use thing. Um, yeah. I, I, I also just have to comment, too, now you're going to drain the radiator? Yeah, I think I'm going to just do the radiator, and, uh, I, I, you know, the, the book talks about draining the block also, but um, I'll probably just do a couple of radiator changes instead of the whole block. Right. Do you have Do you have rear heat in this vehicle? Yes, I do. So you're probably going to have to, in my opinion, change the coolant three to four times to get it, oh, okay. to get it all out. It's going to be quite okay. a bit. You know, it's. I always look... For me, you know, on Sunday, a lot of people read the comics. I like reading the funny papers too on on Sunday, but it's called the automotive ads, and I love reading the I love reading about the coupons for the sixty nine ninety five or the eighty nine ninety five coolant service, one gallon of coolant, and uh, they do a coolant service, and I I just I I'm like really, you know, I bet you, I, I bet you that Tahoe has a system capacity of somewhere between twelve and sixteen quarts. So that's upwards of four oh. gallons. If we were doing it on the machine at the shop, right, because we use a coolant machine, we would take that 16 quarts for conversation's sake. I would probably run anywhere from 18 to 20 quarts of coolant through that vehicle because you want to over, you know, overextend the amount just to make sure you've, you've gotten yeah. enough of it out. That uh, and Let's see, 20 quarts of Dexcool. Have you priced Dexcool, Bruce? You know what that's going to cost, mm -hmm. right? No, I haven't. Um, where do you see that when you're at, when you're at O'Reilly Auto Parts? Check that out. Huh. Uh, you know, okay. So all of a sudden, doing this four times might get to be too expensive. It might pay to have somebody do an exchange on their on their with a machine. Yeah, you know, if there was an RA Automotive in this area, I'd be happy to take it to you. There might be now. Here's and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I say that. Now I've, I, I, we talk about this from time to time. Twenty-seven years ago, I started doing the Car Doctor Radio Show as a, a, on a whim, on a lark, and I never really thought of what it would become. And I've noticed, especially in the last ten years, if you want to see something interesting, go Google Car Doctor Auto Repair. It seems like I've created this cottage industry. Everybody's a car doctor now. Everybody's a car doctor repair shop. A car doctor this. A car doctor that. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, Started it, Ron. Yeah, I don't know. I and y right. you know, Bruce, it's really funny. We've got you know the, the sign at the shop because it sort of became the mantra: RA Automotive, home of the car doctor. Um, so AC Delco, we became an AC Delco shop two years ago, three years ago, uh, maybe a little longer, and they gave us a sign. So the top of the sign says AC Delco, and in the middle it says RA Automotive, and underneath it says you know um, RAauto.com, I think, or whatever the website is. Huh. Nowhere on there does it say anything about the car doctor, and yet people come in and they go, "Is this the car doctor? You know, is this where the car doctor is?" I, you, know, you know, I feel like I, I feel like Doc Brown in Back to the Future. Marty, they found me. Um, you know, that's a that's a whole other thing. But that's that's how you're going to do that. Uh, you know, and, okay. and, and that'll be a good exchange for you. Now, let me ask you a question: How many miles are on this? Yeah, hundred and sixty-two. So it's just it's just broken in, brother. Don't forget about the other, right. don't forget about the other fluids. You know, drive line trans, transfer case. Um, yeah, you know, it, everything just runs so good on this truck. I hate right. to touch anything. You right. know, well, it's just been. You know, the only problem I've had is as far as leaks has been uh, the water pump. But, yeah, that's, um, that's it, not It wasn't abnormal. the water pump. It was the bolts. Right. You know, they're yeah. kind of long bolts. Just yeah. Torque it a eighth of a turn, and that was that. Right. Yeah, it's it's Dex Cool is caustic stuff, 
It really is. I don't agree with the five-year life cycle of Dex Cool. I try to do it every three mm. to four. And while you're oh. down at O'Reilly Auto Parts, make sure you pick up a new radiator cap. It wouldn't hurt for that coolant bottle. Oh, yeah. And, 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 yeah. Ta- and take a look at the bottle. Oh, I can spend money on a car, brother. Let me tell you, I start looking at things. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's take a look at the coolant bottle. If the coolant bottle has any kind of muck to it, if it's discolored, if it's brown at the bottom, just go buy a new bottle. Simply because huh. you're gonna, well, because you're gonna pour that nice fresh coolant. Even if you did an exchange, you're gonna pour that nice fresh coolant back into this mucky bottle. Yeah. What are you gonna do to it? It it, it it doesn't make any sense. Three weeks ago, I talked about the 08 Expedition. I did the $1,500 ABS hydraulic control unit, and the master cylinder had this green crud in it, for lack of a better way to put it, on family radio, and, you know, it looked like from under cheese, you know, it looked like it came from under the seat, and, you know, you're going to put a $1,500 control unit in the car without putting the $150 master yeah. cylinder in it, it's, yeah. it's, so, you know, yeah, go ahead and, uh, yeah. you know, do a, yeah, do a bottle, do a cap, yep. Yeah, I'm just afraid of what I might find if I look too close to well, the, the coolant. But uh, I can cure you of that. I can cure you of that very easily. You want to? You want me to prove to you? If if you really like this car and this car has been good to you, all right. Yeah. The way you cure yourself of whether or not you want to work on it is go price a new one. <laughs> new one. All right. I have. I have. And, and I, it, you know, I even sat in it, and they made the new one longer. It won't fit in the garage so easy. Right. So. And it's, it's, you know, I priced a new Suburban, $72,000. You know, the trans went Ouch. this, the, the, the trans went this yeah. week on, on the bus. I looked at it, I went, oh. seventy-two grand. You know, it's probably, and, you know, listen, I'm doing a trans. I'm doing a starter. I'm doing the trans cooler yeah. lines. I'm, I'm, I'm doing, you know. And I'm painting everything. I'm under there with Benjamin Moore by the gallon. I'm going to have the most rust-proof, oh. rust-free 04 Suburban, 56,000 miles you ever saw in your life. It's, it's, All right. It's, you know, it's because I'm just not, I'm just not ready to spend 72 grand to go, you know, seven minutes from RE Automotive to home. Um, it, doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make any sense. So, but, um, you know, you can cure yourself of wanting to work on a vehicle. Just go price a new one. And I'm not saying never buy a new one. Just make sure that's what you really want. All right? Yeah. Okay. Well, thanks, Ron. Thanks, and, Bruce. We, we appreciate really you being appreciate here. appreciate the show. Oh, you're very welcome, sir. We appreciate you being there. Um, thank you very much. So, yeah, that's, uh, that is the one cure-all of, of do I really want to work on a new car? It's, it's scary. They're phone numbers. You know, they're not price tags anymore. They're phone numbers. Uh, I told Susie, I said, hey, $72,000, new Suburban. She said, you know, our first house was $93,000. And I'm not ancient here, folks. I mean, I'm old, but I'm not ancient. Uh, You know what? She's not wrong. Um, And I think the house is a little bit bigger than the Suburban. Not much, but a little bit. So 855-560-9900. Let's pull over and take a pause. I'll be back right after this. People. Take my advice. Now, who's this singing? If you love someone. Who's, who's that singing, Mr. Tony? Tom said the Rubettes. Okay. For some reason, that sounded like something else. I thought we were going to start talking about the 2018 Tesla that's out in space um, that uh, they launched this week. You have a lot of time on your hands, don't you? Well, not really. Actually, yeah, I do. Um, you know, I was thinking, well, that's a whole other conversation. Please By don't way, think. Speak, speaking of time. Um, don't make yeah, any... You've already had to put out one fire this week. Please don't think. Well, I, you know, that's what that smell is. You can tell I'm thinking it's that smoke. Um, Saturday, March 17th, company meeting. Whoop, whoop. Uh, 
Uh, Saturday, March 17th, don't make any plans because we're going to take this gig on the road. We're going out to the TST big event over there in Westchester. So we'll be doing a uh, we'll be doing the show live from the TST floor, interviewing technicians and industry alum and uh, industry bigwigs and things like that. So the radio show that day will be a uh, a, a remote. So um, look forward to that. The TST big event, the Westchester Marriott, Tarrytown, New York. Um, let's see what's going on here in present day now. Mick from Oregon. Mick, did we fix this car yet, or what's going on with this thing? No, I'm still battling it. The saga continues. You know, listen, if you wait till Monday, I'll probably have an alternator from a Dodge Durango I'll ship you, no charge. You put that on the Jeep, 20 minutes, the whole problem will be solved. That thing will catch fire. It's done. Um, <laughs> you won't have anything to worry about. Um, and you can, just tell, you can just tell your kids, hey, we're going to have a barbecue and a weenie roast, and it's going to be the Jeep. So where did yeah. we, we, we leave this last week? Okay, where we left it is is uh, uh, I rolled on the crankshaft pulley. There's a there's a mark, and we were gonna see where the rotor was pointed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Yep, indexing. Okay, so I rolled it up. I rolled the the engine over till the mark was on top, um, and I indexed the the distributor housing, pulled off the cap. It was pointed right at number one. Okay. Um. So. The mark being on top, it's it's kind of hard to see exactly on top. So I pulled out the number one plug, and I and I rolled the engine over till the plug was all the way up. And when I did that, the uh, the rotor was past one by like um, approximately an inch, and the mark on the pulley was at about one o'clock. Are you sh well? We should be the tip of the rotor has to be one tooth past the number one tower. I don't think that's an inch. That's not quite. That's probably more like three eighths of an inch. Are we sure the balancer hasn't slipped on the center? Um, I pulled the belt off and everything felt tight down there. Then you're either on the wrong mark on the balancer or the wrong mark on the front of the timing cover. But that let me, let me let me put it to you this way: either that, or there's something physically wrong mechanically. This engine, either that, or this engine is mechanically out of time for some reason. So you may be looking right at the problem here. I mean. You know, top dead center on number one. That rotor's got to line up. It's got to be within. It's got to be within one tooth of the number one tower. It typically, it comes out to about twenty thousandths of an inch. Um, in yeah. some cases. So what? I, yeah, when I rolled it up where the mark was on top, it was pointing right at one. And then when I pulled the plug and watched the piston come all the way to the top, my rotor was past one, and the mark was over at one o'clock. Right. Something sounds like you're mechanically out of time. I mean, it's hard for me to see. Obviously, without could pictures it, and, and, and and so could forth. Could it have jumped? Could it have jumped time? Would that have caused I, that? I, my experience on these is if it jumped, if it ever jumped time that much, and it'd be easier to say, yeah, jump time and just hang up. But um, understand where I'm coming from. If it jumped time that much, it would it probably wouldn't be running. All right. If, mm -hmm. if it has the ability to jump time, I, I can't say I've ever seen a mechanical chain motor. Uh, jump time and still run to this degree. Okay. Now, when I had the belt off and I was wiggling around on the, um, the camshaft pulley, I could feel like this back and forth. I could feel like 
a little bit of slop in the timing chain. Okay, let me ask you this um, question. Can you, how much can you rotate the crank before you pick up the distributor moving? I'll have to check that. All right. I'll tell you what. Sit tight. Let me pull over and take this pause. 855-560-9900. The car doctor's coming right back. Don't go away. Welcome back. Running into the car doctor. Let's real quick back to Mick from Oregon. Mick, you're there, sir. Mick? Yes. Yes, sir. So um, we're back. Let's uh, let's pick up. Where, where, where were we when we pulled away? What were we, uh, we were talking okay, about? Okay, you're, you're, you're asking about how, how, far, how far i got to move the, the crankshaft till the, the rotor moves. Um, I, I'm really not sure, but I know that I can move I can move the crankshaft about a quarter of an inch before th- that feels like the slop in the chain. A quarter of an inch doesn't bother me. That's that's okay. that, that's not excessive. When you're saying quarter of an inch uh, before the distributor rotor starts to turn, I'll have to check that. I'll have to see. I'll have to see when I'm. I haven't looked. I haven't checked that yet. Right, but it it sounds like you're onto something. Listen, you know, top dead is top dead. If that piston's at top dead on number one, and you're sure you're at top dead, all right? Yeah, I'm positive. You, you know, you 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 stick your finger in the hole, or you know, in the old days we'd put a rubber hose with a whistle, and we'd crank the engine around, and when it, it would blow the whistle, you were at top dead. It was a it was a way to find it, or we'd we, we'd put a piece I, of rope I, in there and have it push the rope out and. And I, I t- took a little welding rod and watched it rise. Yep. Okay. All the way to the top, and then that's yeah. top. That's 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 top dead. Then you and know. the rotor was, yeah, it was pointed. It was pointed probably about three eighths or half an inch past where number one is. Something's something's out of index there, unless unless the gear on the distributor. I'm trying to remember. I think there's a if I remember right, there's a roll pin that pins the gear to the distributor shaft unless the pin broke and it's twisted on the shaft but why it wouldn't i guess it could do that i haven't i can't say i've seen I, that one in a while um, i pulled the distributor out it looks it looks like it's all intact um okay. it, it, you know it's just got a, a bolt that holds it in there's no adjustments to it what if you what if you put the distributor back in with it number one under the under the tower how does it run yeah, it, it, I'd have to, I'd have to hold it there because I wouldn't be able to bolt it down. Okay. Because it has it just has an ear where one bolt fits to hold the distributor down. So what I was wondering is if I pulled that bolt bolt and I rotated that distributor where it should be and see what it did. Yeah. Listen, just mark everything. So if you have to go back to where it was, you can. But mm-hmm. you know you surely can't hurt it. Listen, it's already broke. Can you once once you break, once you break a vase, can you break it any more than it already is? No, but I, I did notice that that distributor will only go in one way. It'll go, it'll go in one way, and it'll go in 180 out. But like trying to move it a tooth over, you can't do it. Right, and that's where they talk about modifying the distributor in order to make it fit. But then for it to be off that much just seems excessive to me. Seems excessive to me. Do me a favor. Just verify that we've really got the right mark on the front of the cover. And, and, and see what that gets you. I just, just, but you're on the right track. Something's wrong here. I just can't tell you from my seat because I can't see the picture of it. But take a better look at it. You're, you're close to something. I'm Ron Anany and the Car Doctor. The mechanics aren't expensive, they're priceless. See you.